Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 35 of Revelation chapter 21. And we're going to be taking a look at verse 24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth to bring their glory and honor into it. God is speaking of the heavenly Jerusalem. And in the previous verse, he had stated that that city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And then verse 24, and the nations of them which are saved, not all the people of the nations, not everyone in the world, but the nations, and then God um, characterizes who he's referring to, of them which are saved. He qualifies the nations of the saved, and they will walk in the light of it. They enter into the city. They go in through the gate, who is Christ. They then dwell in the light of God eternally, and have all the abundant blessings that God speaks of poured out upon them richly uh, forevermore. And it's the nations of them which are saved. Now, we're going to take a closer look at the Greek word translated as nations. And I think we'll see something interesting and something maybe we haven't understood all that well. We've had a little idea about it, but we haven't had uh, that clear of an understanding about it. But I think we'll see um, much clearer what God is doing with the nations of the world today in this judgment time. And, well, uh, first of all, this this word... Uh, translated as nations, as Strong's number 1484. It's the Greek word ethnos. Ethnos, and you can hear that we get our English word ethnic from it. And and we know when we speak of ethnic groups, well, it means well, this group of people is from Italy, and that group of people is from Africa, and this group of people are from... South America, the nations are the ethnos. And, and, and that's what this word means. And this Greek word ethnos is translated in the New Testament as four different English words. It, it could be translated as any one of these words, Gentile, heathen, nation, people. And, and that means we could have a verse, same, same Greek word. And, uh, as it, it's here in verse 24, it's plural, nations. 
In another place might be Gentiles. Um, in another place, it could be the heathen or people. And it's all the same Greek word. Now, this word, uh, ethnos, can refer to unsaved Gentiles or people of the nations, or it can refer to saved Gentiles. So the word uh, by itself doesn't uh, really reveal to us who's in view. Now, God helps us in this verse. He says it's the Gentiles or the nations of them which are saved. But in other places, it could not be um, the saved in view when this word is used. For instance, in Matthew chapter 6, it says in verse 32, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. And and that would be referring back to uh, eating and drinking and, and clothing. That's what the world seeks after. So that's it's not being used there in the sense of God's elect at all. In Luke 12, it's um, more specifically stated to be the world. In Luke 12:30, again, um, it's the parallel um, chapter to Matthew 6. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. The nations of the world. Notice how God makes a point of that. The nations of them which are saved in Revelation 21. The nations of the world. Those are the two um, classes, the two groups that the Gentiles can fall under. That the nations can come under. They can be the nations of them which are saved or the nations of the world. And it's only the context that determines which one is in view. Uh, look at Luke 21 and uh, in verse 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. There we have nations and Gentiles used in the same verse. But um, Jerusalem is here being used as a type of the corporate church at the time of the end of the world, which is trodden down of the nations. And that's because when Satan was loosed in Revelation chapter 20, what does God tell us when he's loosed out of his prison? Verse 7, then in verse 8, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Satan's loosed deceives the Gentiles of the world, the nations of the world, not uh, not the Gentiles or nations of them which are saved, because it's not possible that um, he can come close, um, as it says in Matthew 24, that Satan, if it were possible, um, using his false prophets and so forth, they shall deceive the very elect. 
but the implication is it's not possible. And and so when Satan's loose and he goes out to deceive the nations, it can only be the nations of the world. And and those are the Gentiles that come against the camp of the saints. The the battle that we read about in Revelation 20. Uh, Satan overcomes the corporate church because God has given it up. Well, um, there's there's also uh, Revelation 13. Revelation 13 and verse 7. Uh, this is the chapter where we read of the beast who is Satan once again. Uh, and when he comes up out of the sea, it's a picture of his being loosed out of the bottomless pit. In Revelation 13, verse 7, it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And then it says in verse 8, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. There it's very clear that uh, the beast is given uh, power over the nations, all that dwell upon the earth, the nations of the world. There, There's a distinct difference between the nations of the world and the nations of them which are saved. Both are Gentiles, though. Both are of the nations. Both dwell together. Both dwell together. That's a very important point. Because, uh, remember when God uh, established the churches and congregations? God established the church age. And, and, and God then spoke of um, an enemy that so tears among the wheat. Well, in that time, throughout the uh, the New Testament church age, which was a period of 1955 years, the gospel was primarily concerned with the events that took place within the congregations of the world. That was the focus, because that's uh, the the place that God was bringing the gospel uh, when people went forth on mission trips or or sharing with neighbors of the world, they would direct them to the church. Come with me this Sunday to church, and that was a very good thing for a person, a, a child of God, to. Uh, encourage others to do during the church age. That's where God wanted people to be. And when they come to church, there would be preaching. There would be the reading of the word of God. It would be the atmosphere in which God was saving. God was saving through the churches. The first fruits would come primarily, overwhelmingly so, through the churches and congregations of the world over the course of almost that 2,000-year period. And and yet, in that arena of the church, Satan was busy. He was hard at work sowing tares among the wheat. Well, God's 
plan was let them both grow together until the harvest, until the judgment would come on the churches and congregations. But even then, even then, because the judgment began at the house of God in 1988, and yet the wheat and the tares were still together within the congregations. And what God did when he ended the church age was he put into motion the process of the separation. When he opened the scriptures to reveal the church age was over, his Holy Spirit had left, and the command was issued to his people, come out of her, he set in motion the the sifting process that would separate finally the wheat from the tares. But that process wasn't finalized until the Great Tribulation period was complete. And and then uh, uh, after May 21, 2011, when, uh, when the uh, judgment on the church is concluded, there was a final separation of wheat that had come out and tares that remain now bundled for the spiritual fire that uh, May 21, 2011 brought. And, and, and so we can learn from that process that, that God, um, initiated and, and put in motion. And now from our vantage point, we can see the whole process of the manner in which God went about separating the wheat from the tares and amazingly matches very well with a current process that God is involved in with the nations of the world. Because God had, again, the arena of the church, the word of God centralized there, it focused on that that area and and within that area, God did his saving work, and that's why Satan concentrated on it with the sowing of tares. And and then God, uh, finally, uh, at a certain point, key point, he, uh, he separated the two. Well, um, we, we know that when Satan was loosed, he gathered the nations, he gathered the Gentiles and came against the corporate church. But God also had a plan for the nations. Satan gathered them as Gog and Magog. They became his force. They became his army to attack and to overcome the churches and congregations of the world. But God had another plan. First, let's, let's see a couple of verses where God shows that he, he does have um, there's the nations or Gentiles of the world belonging to the kingdom of Satan. And then there's the nations or Gentiles of them which are saved belonging to the, the kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 11, Acts 11, it says in verse 18, When they heard these things, they held their peace. And glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. 
to the ethnos, the nations. God grant a repentance unto life. It, um, it says in um, Galatians chapter 3, in Galatians 3, and, and, you know, this teaching of God saving the Gentiles is all over the Old Testament. And, and yet the Jews were ignorant of it. They, they did not understand or recognize it. Yet here is what God says in Galatians 3 verse 8. In the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. The heathen, again, there's that word, preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed, all Gentiles. Were all the Gentiles in all the, the world blessed through Abraham? No, this is the nations of them which are saved. All the elect are the nations of them which are saved. And it's the elect that, that in thee shall all nations be blessed. In verse 14, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So that's the blessing, the, the, uh, the, the faith of Christ. Salvation is the blessing that all the nations received because God has, again, uh, he, who he's looking at or focused on is all the nations of them which are saved, all the Gentiles that he predestinated unto salvation. It's it's similar to when God says in Second uh, Peter, he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And you get people that read that and they say, well, you see, God doesn't want any human being. He, he wants all human beings to come to repentance. And they completely misunderstand. No, it, it is all the elect that God wills to come to repentance. And, and uh, of course, um, his will is done because he's a mighty God. He's not a weak need. A feeble God that the church paints that needs, desperately needs the help of the individual uh, person of the world. Oh, won't you please accept me? So, because I'm not willing that you perish. And, and does God come that way? Or, or when he was saving, did he come that way? Um, making request of the sinner, won't you please um, take this salvation that I'm offering you. No, he drew the sinner. And uh, uh, no man cometh to the Father, uh, or cometh to me, except the Father which sent me draw him. And the word draw is a violent word. It's by force of will. God grabs a hold of one of the elect, and he begins the process of bringing that person to himself, whether they like it or not, they will come. And, and, uh, eventually, of course, they'll more than like it. They'll, they'll love what God has done because he will open up their understanding and he will grant them a right mind to see what has taken place. Well, 
There is also Revelation 7. Revelation 7. Uh, actually, there's many verses where God speaks of saving Gentiles. But Revelation 7, in verse 9, uh, the Lord speaks in particular of a very significant time, the Great Tribulation period. And and here uh, he's going to talk about a great multitude that he will save out of the Great Tribulation. And that um, statement is made that it uh, they came out of Great Tribulation in verse 14. But we're just going to read verse 9 of Revelation 7. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. A great multitude out of all nations. The nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. It, it said in Revelation 21-24. And here is the vast majority of uh, those that are being uh, spoken of in that verse. As God saved the best for last, he saved more in the little season of great tribulation. Uh, be, uh, actually, it wasn't even the entire great tribulation. It was the second part of the great tribulation. After six years and about four months had elapsed, the first 2300 evening mornings, God then poured out the latter rain. The latter rain began to fall in September 1994, and, and God evangelized the earth a second time. It was the second outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was, the Bible uh, says, a second jubilee period in which the captives were set free and Christ was delivering his people. This would be the grand climax, the grand finale of God's magnificent salvation program. The gospel would go forth in an unprecedented way to every nation because God had made complete preparation through um, raising up the electronic medium through raising up a faithful ministry and man uh, that that was very very sound in the bible mr camping and family radio and and god sent forth a gospel that was pure and and more accurate than ever before in history because he also made preparation of opening the scriptures to reveal many truths that had been hidden to the churches and congregations. And, and so, with the electronic medium over radio, over internet, uh, shortwave broadcasting, television, and, and, uh, many other ways that, that I can't think of right now, but the gospel went out into all the world and the nations were blanketed especially with the message of judgment. 
Judgment Day, May 21, 2011. Judgment Day is coming. Seek the Lord while he may be found. And God used this message to prompt um, and, and to um, really emphasize the urgency of the gospel message that was going out so that people knew I have to go to God today or I, I just can't wait because that day kept getting closer and closer and it was everywhere. The judgment Day, May 21, 2011, and the teaching was the door shuts, no more salvation. This is it. This is the time to to go to God. And and God saved the great multitude from all the nations. But uh, at the same time, when God ended the church age and revealed that information to his people and and revealed the Holy Spirit was no longer operating in the church, and he revealed that within the churches there was no latter rain, there was no harvest, no salvation taking place. The arena that had been the church for uh, for centuries, for almost two millennium, that arena changed. It it moved from the churches and congregations to the nations, to where the Gentiles were, the nations of the world, and within it, God sent forth his word and saved the Gentiles of them which which are saved, or the nations of them which are saved. They began to live together. Now, now consider this. Consider this. What was the problem within the church? God's word is always pure, always true. There's no problem with the Bible. No problem at all. The problem was there were enemies and, and within the church, um, the, the gospel seed was sown, yet tares grew amongst the wheat and you couldn't hardly tell one from the other. And therefore you had to let them both grow until the harvest. And then God set in motion a separating process and it accomplished his purpose. But now God scattered the gospel seed all over the nations, all over the entire world, in in a way never before seen. And the nations were, they, they didn't go to church. It, it was just right there. It was on buses and billboards. And they were curious, so they went to the website or they tuned in the radio program and and, and they turn a corner and there's somebody handing them a track. Uh, it it was everywhere and they began to listen. The, the gospel seed was falling uh, and various degrees upon the people of the earth. The Gentiles all heard. The nations heard. And God used it to save a great multitude, really a remnant out of the whole, just as, interestingly enough, 
when we consider the church. And, and we've learned over the course of the about 2,000 years, the saved were relatively few within the churches and congregations. The majority were tares. The majority uh, uh, were not saved people within the churches during the church age. And now we have a much larger arena, a much larger place where the gospel has been sown. What will God do? If he follows the first pattern, the first pattern with the churches, he he doesn't just sow the seed and and then um, say, well, I've saved the ones I wanted to save, and leave the rest. No, he makes a point of dividing them, separating them. Will God do the same thing with the Gentiles? Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.